So before we uh, start off with the, the word tonight, let's just open up with a, a brief prayer. The Heavenly Father, Lord God, we love you and we thank you for everything. We thank you for this church, Lord God. We thank you for our pastor and we pray blessings upon him and his family, your protection whilst they're away, Lord God. I pray that they would just all be refreshed and renewed over this time of vacation, that they would just be recharged, Lord, that they would just press in even closer to you so when they come back, Lord God, again, they will carry this church even further forward than they have so far, Lord God. We love you and we thank you for everything. I pray that uh, hearts are touched tonight, Lord. I pray that minds are open, that notes are taken, Lord God, that lives are changed and it will all be uh, for your praise and for your glory in Jesus' name. And everybody said, Amen. Okay, so we are uh, I'm going to be closing up tonight the series that we've been preaching on all month, Pray It Forward. Uh, put your hand up if you've got something out of this series this month. Mine's up very, very high. Um, I know Pastor also said that his uh, actual prayer life, and we've spoken length about it actually, and he was expressing to me how much of an impact this series, although obviously as a pastor, he prays uh, continually. Uh, it's actually affected and changed the way that he prays. So, you know, it's a good series if it changes the way that pastor prays. Amen? It's been an awesome series. been lots of powerful information in there. And it's my absolute joy to, to wrap up the series this evening. So we have learned over the last few weeks just how powerful prayer is and that it's powerful in every single area of our lives. And we've learned in uh, some ways that we can actually go about praying And we've learned, first and foremost, that prayer is communication with God. That's effectively all that prayer is. It's a big all, but that is effectively what prayer is. It's communication with God. And communication, as with every relationship, improves a relationship. Good communication improves any relationship. And that's exactly what it does with our communication with the Lord. So having an active and consistent prayer life is essential to actually developing a close relationship with the Lord. And we've also learned that our prayer life is a very personal thing to us. In other words, every single person in this room uh, hopefully is praying, uh, and, but we all pray differently. And that's perfectly fine. There's nothing wrong with that. There's no actual regulations or rules that we have to follow. There are certain formats, and everyone, if somebody asks us how to go about praying, then we would just turn them to the Bible where Jesus actually teaches the disciples how to pray. They disciples actually go to Jesus and they say, Lord, it's the only thing they actually request teaching on. And they say, Lord, teach us how to pray. Now, they've already been praying as disciples. They've already been praying and worshipping to God. But they've actually been witness to Jesus praying the way that Jesus prayed. And it's at that point that they obviously see something different about the prayer. And so they actually ask him to teach them. So 
We've seen it's a very, very powerful thing. Uh, and it's, but it's not about praying at a particular time or in a particular praying position. You know, all those things, if you do those things, then that's fine. If you have a strict routine that you follow, then again, there's nothing wrong with that. Some people get up at a certain time in the morning, spend an hour in the prayer closet, and then go about their day, and there's nothing wrong with that. But if you don't do that, then that's not a bad thing. As long as you're praying in your own way and you're praying consistently to the Lord, then, you know, there's no better prayer method than any other. Okay, so it's very, very uh, individual to us. Now, God desires a close and intimate relationship with us, and it's our prayer life, as I said, which is essential uh, to be part of that. You can't have a good relationship with anybody and not speak with them. So we've looked at how to pray in some of the areas of our lives and different things that we can ask for, but we have more importantly established that we need to be praying about everything in our lives. So even those topics that have not been touched, that we haven't actually spoken about how to pray about, you know, we need to be praying about absolutely everything. And if we pray about everything, then we will allow ourselves to live in the peace that God wants to provide us with. He really wants to give us his peace. And how do we know that? Well, the Bible tells us so. In Philippians 4, uh, 6 and 7, it reads this way, be anxious for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. Now, we talk oftentimes about that, that, that peace. I know I do. I mention that peace several times when I'm praying for people. That, that surpasses all understanding. But not everybody is aware that that scripture, actually right before it, it's talking about prayer. It's talking about being in prayer and in supplication. And it's such a powerful thought if we think about it uh, and actually apply it to our lives, that the power of prayer uh, can be expressed in lots of ways. But I don't think there's anything more straightforward and impactful than that. Now, let's check out the same verse in the message. I love this. Don't fret or worry. Instead of worrying, pray. Let petitions and praises shape your worries into prayers, letting God know your concerns. Before you know it, a sense of God's wholeness, everything coming together for good, will come and settle you down. It's wonderful what happens when Christ displaces worry at the center of your life. I love that. Now, just reading that brings a calmness, doesn't it? And imagine having every weight lifted off of your shoulders and feeling nothing but God's peace, his wholeness. Just imagine that for a moment. Now, think about it and really do think about it. Every one of us in this room has something that we're worrying about to some degree. And I want you to imagine how you would feel right now without that worry. So whatever it is that's on your mind and pressing on your mind right now, it might be a small thing, it might be a large thing, but imagine your life without it. And that's available to you. That last line there, it's wonderful what happens when Christ displaces worry at the center of your life. The word displace is defined this way. It's a verb, it means to take the place of, it means to replace And it means to supplant, which is to replace one thing by something else. If you take a bowl of water or you take a bathtub and you fill it full of water right up to the brim and you take a bowling ball, you put that bowling ball into the water, then obviously the bath is going to overflow if it's right up to the brim, yes? Now the amount of water that actually comes out of there is equal entirely to the mass of the bowling ball and that's what's called displacement. In other words, if you put something in something, it will take the space that was first occupied by that water, for example. So what a great thought, that when we get close enough through prayer, 
we will have so much of Christ inside of us that he takes the place of that worry. That's what it says. It says he displaces. It doesn't say he takes the worry away. It says he displaces. In other words, if we have enough of Christ inside of us, there's no room for that worry. And that is the power of prayer. So tonight, I want to wrap up the Pray It Forward series with a look at what I believe is the most important area of our lives that we need to be active in prayer over. And the title of my message tonight is uh, Pray for Change. Pray for Change. Now, change is a theme that most prayers will revolve around. We don't often pray to God and ask him to keep things exactly the way that they are. We're ordinarily praying to God because we want something different going on in our lives. And our lives already, organically, they're, they're consistently changing. The people around us are changing. Our relationships are changing. Our friendships, our children, our marriages, our jobs, all of these things are continually changing. That's what life does. It just continually changes. And while all of that change is going on around us, we pray for those changes to be in our favor, for things to improve in one way or another. And there's absolutely nothing wrong with that. We have discovered already that we're to go to the Lord with everything and to let our requests be known. So there's nothing wrong with going to him and asking for the changes in our lives to be for the positive. But one thing that most of us don't pray often enough for changing is ourselves. Often we pray for everything except ourselves to change. We want our circumstances to change. We want our finances to change. We want our f- spouses to change. We want our families or children to change. And we're, even the people that we work with, you know, we'll pray and we'll be like, Lord, just change them. Please, Lord, just change them. And what we often forget is that the people and the circumstances around us are very often influenced by us. So the people in the environment around me are at least partly the way they are because of how I am. Does that make sense? So tonight I'm going to focus on how we can pray for change within us, which will in turn impact our lives around us. So prayer for change inside of us, in my opinion, is the most impactful prayer that we can pray in our lives. And there are some key areas that I believe we can pray for ourselves that will change not only our lives, but the lives of those people around us. The first area I want to look at is our perspective. Our perspective. Now, our perspective is our outlook on things. It's the way that we think about situations. That's what a perspective is. It's the way we think about our situations. As believers in Christ, we have something that those who don't know Christ yet don't have. Something that we should always remember. And that is the promise of eternal life. In the book of 1 John, we're told clearly. And this is the promise that he has promised us. Eternal life. It's fairly straightforward. Yes, it's fairly clear. That's the promise he has promised us, eternal life. Now, if we accept this promise and we live as though we accept this promise, then our outlook or our perspective on life will change dramatically. We live our lives day to day in a very small bubble. Things that happen to us can often seem overwhelming and huge. But with an eternal perspective, we understand that everything that we're going through in our lives is just temporary. In fact, we realize that our very lives on this earth are temporary. James 4.14 tells us, For what is your life? It is even a vapor that appears for a little time and then vanishes away. So when we realize that compared to the eternal life that we're promised, our time is like a vapor, it helps us to truly keep things we're going through in the right perspective. And it changes how we react to situations and people. If my perspective is changed from the now to the eternal, 
It makes me realize that things I consider to be important now are really not important now. And things that I don't think are urgent now actually are. Now, what do I mean by that? Well, what I need to be asking myself on a regular basis is this. Is what I am worrying about right now, or what I am struggling with right now, or most importantly, what I am doing right now, making an eternal difference? And by looking at things with an eternal perspective, it helps us not only make a big deal out of things that in the scheme of things really are not big things. So in other words, it will stop us from making a big deal out of things that really in, in the eternal scheme of things are not important. But over and above that, it will also keep us reminded that what we are doing should be making a difference eternally. The things that we do and say each and every day can potentially have a positive eternal effect. If we help lead somebody to Christ, we're not just changing their lives in the now for the better. We're not just giving them the opportunity to know God while they're alive in this earth, in this vapor of a lifetime. What we're doing is granting them the opportunity of an eternal life, and nothing is bigger than that. So if I'm thinking in the now, I'm going to be affected by what is happening in the now, and maybe how little I can achieve for someone in the now. But with an eternal perspective... I'll be thinking about their eternal life. Uh, Even those that might have upset us or frustrated us in some way, instead of being angry with them in the now, maybe we could love them through it enough to make sure that they are actually eternally secure. And living with an eternal perspective will also make us more aware of the example that we are displaying to others, to our family, to our friends and people around us. Are we actually attracting people to the Christian faith or are we turning them off? Now, let's look at it this way. Nothing we can give to someone or take away from someone is as important as the opportunity of eternal life. Nothing we can give to someone or take away from someone is as important as the opportunity of eternal life. So my prayer is that God would keep me focused on an eternal perspective, that he would not let me get distracted by things that go on in life that really are not as important as I think they are. And that he would give me opportunities to lead people to him. To grant people the opportunity of making a choice for eternal life. And I really believe it's not something that we think about often enough. The eternal perspective. Because ultimately, as I said to you already, we've all of us got situations, we've all got challenges, we've all got problems in our lives as we stand right now. And yet in the scheme of things, they pale into insignificance. The, the, the positive which outweighs everything is the fact that if you believe in Jesus Christ, your life is eternal. Your life is eternal. Your life here is but a vapor, but you are granted eternal life, which, which, in my opinion, outweighs pretty much everything that can happen to us here. Amen? Okay. So my perspective is the first thing that I'm praying for God to change in myself. And the next thing is my perception. My perception. Lord, change my perception. Our perception is how we see something. Our perception is what we base our attitudes and our opinions on. Very often, the way that we see things is based not on how they actually are, but how we perceive them to be. In turn, how we perceive something to be will determine how we act towards it. So incorrect perceptions can cause many different problems and challenges, and they can really hinder our walk with God if we allow them to. So let's look at three areas in our lives where incorrect perception can cause problems. Firstly, people. Lord, change my perception of people. 
Now, who here would say that at some time or another, they have misjudged somebody? I want to see every hand. Because all of us are guilty. We've all misjudged people at some point in time in our lives. Now, what you see of someone is just the surface. It's just the surface. When you look at somebody, when you meet somebody, even when you first start and get in conversation with them, maybe after knowing them for years, all you actually see is the surface. You don't know their background. You don't know the childhood. You don't necessarily know the day that they've had. You don't know their reasons or their motivations for their actions, good or bad. And the way that we judge somebody is based on our own past experiences. It's based on the other person's appearance. It's based on the way that they talk. It's based on other people's opinions and perceptions. Or it's based on our own assumptions. Now, how about if we saw everyone for what they actually are? A child of God. A child of God with their very own situations and challenges. The same as I'm a child of God with my own situations and challenges. The way that you are a child of God with your own situations and challenges. That's the way that we should be looking at everybody else. That's the perception of everybody else that we should have. Judging someone is easy if we perceive the bad in people. What we need to do is perceive the good in them. What we actually need to perceive is the God in them. If we saw that in everyone, then it would change how we acted toward them. We may even fulfill what we're told to do throughout the Bible. 1 John 3 says, For this is the message that you heard from the beginning, that we should love one another. Simple, straightforward. So how we see somebody will dictate how we treat them. If we see them better, we will treat them better. So the second area where incorrect perception will cause problems is in situations. Lord, change my perception of situations. A similar question to the last one. Who here would say that at some time or another you've misread a situation? Again, every hand. Every hand. Because we're all guilty of that also. Now just like with people... What we see of a situation is very often not the full situation. It's only what we perceive. And the challenge is this. We see a small part of it. We don't see the whole picture. And human nature being human nature, human intellect being human intellect, what we try and do is fill the gaps. We see one thing happening. We see another thing happening over here. We try and join the two. We see two dots and we try and join them. good analogy for you is this. If you actually pulled up in our car park and pulled up for the very first time, as some of the people did tonight, and you actually looked at the front door and the foyer, and then you looked at the number of cars in the car park, you're going to be asking yourself one question. How are the people out of all those cars fitting in that building? Okay, because on the outside, it's incredibly small. But as soon as you walk through the door, it's a lot different on the inside. So your perception is it's a very small church. The reality is, there's a whole lot more going on inside. And that's how it is from any situation. So we can often act or react to what we think the situation is, when in reality, it's something completely different. Now, I can certainly testify there have been times in my life where I've made decisions or I've expressed an opinion about a situation without knowing what all of the facts were. And it's turned out to be something other than what I thought it was. Now, what we need to remember in every situation, is that whilst we don't know everything about it, our God does. Job 28.24. Job 28.24. Job. Job 28.24. Sorry, today's the first time I've read a Bible. Uh, Job 28.24. 
For he looks throughout the whole earth and sees everything under the heavens. Elijah thought that was funny as well. Okay, God is omniscient, which means he knows everything. He knows everything about everything. And that includes the situation that you're in right now or the situation that you see other people in. It means that you don't have to worry about a thing. It means that God has it covered and he's got it handled. It means that you don't have to concern yourself with trying to fill the gaps to what is going on in a situation or why it's happening. Isn't it great to know God's got everything covered? And we just need to remember that. So incorrect perceptions of people and situations can cause problems. But the thing that can potentially cause us the most damage is our perception of ourselves. My prayer, Lord, change my perception of myself. How we see ourselves will be shown in the way that we act, the way that we speak, the way that we treat other people, the way that we cope with situations and circumstances, or the way that we don't cope with situations and circumstances. So how we see ourselves is vitally important. If you see yourself as unworthy in a situation, or you see yourself more than worthy in a situation, the chances are that your perception is wrong on both counts. Our perception of ourselves is again based largely on the input and opinions of other people. And we've already established that the opinions of other people is an unreliable source. Amen? God is truly the only one that knows us. And he even knows us better than we know ourselves. In Jeremiah 1 verse 5, it says this, I knew you before I formed you in your mother's womb. Now you think about that. God knew you before he even created you, before he even placed you in your mother's womb. He knew who it was that you were. He knew everything about you. He knows your whole life mapped out of you, in front of you. You don't want to think about it too long because it makes your headache. But he knows every single thing about you, and I love that. Now, though God knows everything about you, he knows your every thought, and he knows your every action, he loves you. Even though he knows you, he loves you. He loves you completely, and he loves you unconditionally. And nothing will stand in the way of God loving you. So look at this, Romans eight thirty-eight through 39. Again, powerful piece of scripture. I'm just going to throw in here, you know, my advice to you is this, is if you read the Bible, don't just skim read the Bible. I mean, I would rather spend 15 minutes, 20 minutes reading two verses and dwelling on those verses and really thinking about it rather than spend 20, 15 minutes reading three chapters and patting myself on the back for plowing through the Bible. The Bible is not for you to plow through or to skim over. It's really to digest because it's, it's, it's the living word. This is your food. This is the daily bread. And so I say that because this scripture is a fairly lengthy scripture. But again, this is something if you dwell on and you really do think about it, it will change your relationship with God. Because quite oftentimes, you know, your relationship with the Lord is a reflection of what you believe God thinks about you. Would you agree? If you're in a situation where your relationship is not very close with the Lord, quite oftentimes that can be because you don't think you deserve God's, God to love you. And that's, that's a common thing that we hear. You know, people can't believe that God loves them. But get this scripture and really soak this up. I am convinced, this is Paul writing, that nothing can ever separate us from God's love. Neither death nor life, neither angels nor demons, neither our fears for today nor our worries about tomorrow, not even the powers of hell can separate us from God's love. No power in the sky above or in the earth below. Indeed, nothing in all creation 
will ever be able to separate us from the love of God that is revealed in Christ Jesus our Lord. How powerful is that? And in Psalm 139, David is writing to God and he says this, You made all the delicate inner parts of my body and knit me together in my mother's womb. Thank you for making me so wonderfully complex. Your workmanship is marvelous, how well I know it. And that is how we should see ourselves. That is the perception that we should have of ourselves, that God made us, that God loves us, and his workmanship is marvelous. And that means you, in your seat, not just the person next to you. It means you. You're marvelous. Everybody, tell me, I am marvelous. Say it, I am marvelous, because you are. And that's the way that God sees us. Not as anybody else sees us, not as we think we are, but as a marvelous creation. That's how we should see ourselves. So my prayer is that I might see other people and myself the way that God sees us. So that covers our prayers for our perspective and for our perception. My final prayer is this. Lord, change my performance. Change my performance. My performance is my actions. It's the things that I do. It's the things that I say. And my prayer is that God would change them to be what he wants from me. My prayer is that in every situation, I would act and react in a godly fashion. The things we do and the way that we do them starts with our motivation. So our prayer would be, Lord, change my performances, motivation. Our nature as human beings is very straightforward. It's to be selfish. Our nature as human beings is to be self-serving. And our nature as human beings is to put ourselves before anybody else. Especially when push comes to shove and there's something important on the line. My prayer in relation to my motivation is that I would do all things because it was the right thing to do. Not because it was the best thing to do for me. So we're praying that we do the right thing because it's the right thing to do. And our attitude should be to serve. Our attitude should be to serve one another. It should be to serve our church and first and foremost, it should be to serve our God. Joshua twenty four fifteen. And if it seems evil to you to serve the Lord, choose for yourselves this day whom you will serve, whether the gods which your fathers served that were on the other side of the river, or the gods of the Amorites in whose land you dwell. But as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. Now that scripture is specific, it's talking about the tribes, it's talking about those that don't want to follow our Lord, instead they want to follow other gods. But it's absolutely relevant to our lives today, and it's absolutely relevant to the choices that we make today. Because we, on a daily basis, get the opportunity to choose between God and other gods, with a small g. It's exactly the same choice that those people there had. You have the choice to serve our God, or you have the choice to serve other gods. Other gods like media, other gods like TV, other gods like whatever it might be, addictions, whatever those gods might be in your life. But those small G's, those gods, they also can include ourselves. So that, as I said, is a specific scripture. It's relevant to those tribes right there. But as I said, it's relevant in your life right now because you have the choice. You have the choice to serve our God or to serve other gods which are craving for your attention. Now, as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. And that's the attitude and the, and the motivation that we need. So our motivation needs to be correct. 
and so does our attitude. Lord, change my performance in my attitude. I have a very specific prayer that I pray personally about my attitude, and I do, I pray this daily. I pray that I will consistently have an attitude of gratitude. That's the attitude that I want to have in my heart consistently, an attitude of gratitude, that I will always be thankful to God, irrespective of the circumstances that I find myself in. Now, do I do that 100% of the time? My wife's at the back, so I can't lie. No, I don't do it 100% of the time. But it genuinely is my prayer that I will always have an attitude of gratitude, whatever the circumstances I might find myself in. Now, God wants us to be happy, and he wants us to have a heart full of joy. But that doesn't mean that God will give us everything that we think that we want or that we need to make us happy. We all have a list. I'd be happy if I just had this. I'd be happy if I just had that. God's not about necessarily providing us with those things. He may provide us with those things. He may provide us with some and not all. He might provide us with none. But irrespective of the answered prayers from that perspective, the things that we own, the things that we have, the circumstances that we're in, whatever those circumstances are, he wants us to remain joyful. Now, when I read this scripture that's coming up a while ago in preparation for the start of the Pray It Forward series, so it was a few weeks back, obviously read the scripture before, but studying about prayer, you know, helps me to focus on these scriptures. And when I read this, it really impacted upon me. 1 Thessalonians five sixteen through 18. Love, love, love this scripture. Rejoice always. Pray without ceasing. In everything give thanks. For this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. Rejoice always. Pray without ceasing and everything give thanks for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. Now people often ask the pastoral team, what's my calling? What's God's will for my life? This right here is a great place to start. Each and every one of us have got different callings. We spoke about this before. Everyone's got a unique calling. But we all have the same things. As a, as a, it's not a checklist, but if we all do certain things, then we will be walking in the will of God. And one of the things that God wills, it says in the word, is that we rejoice always, that we pray without ceasing, and in everything we give thanks. Okay, so uh, with the right motivation, with the right attitude, we need to be praying about the things that we do. So Lord, change my performance in my actions. We need to pray that God will guard us in all that we do. We need to pray that his hand be on everything that we do. And we also need to pray to God that he would have us do all things with a happy heart. Colossians three twenty three twenty four. Whatever you do, do it heartily, as to the Lord and not to men, knowing that from the Lord you will receive the reward of inheritance, for you serve the Lord Christ. Now what does that have to do with actions? It has a lot to do with actions. Because... There's often times where, you know, we're not motivated necessarily to, 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 to work, to do the things that we have to do, to, to make that, you know, whatever it might be, to drop the kids off here or drop the kids off there, to, to paint the, the back porch, whatever it might be, whatever this list of tasks are that we actually have. We may not be motivated and may not be happy about the fact that we have to do it. But what this, this scripture is talking about here is that all things that we do, we should be doing unto the Lord. All things we do, not to man, because men, men can be fickle. You know, not everybody, I mean, put your, I won't ask you to put your hand up if you don't like your boss, just in case Miss Nancy puts her hand up. <coughs> okay, so um, as I say, but what we've got to do is basically do everything unto the Lord, not unto men. All right, okay, so finally, we need to be praying that we would improve our relationship with God. We need to be praying for a closer relationship with the Lord. So, Lord, 
change my performance in my faith. We need to trust God in everything. God requires us to trust him and to have faith in him. Now, faith is the belief in things that are unseen. So we're trusting in God. I heard this preached on a, a podcast that I heard a few days ago, and I thought this was, this was very impactful. I, I don't want to know God on an intellectual level. If I know God on an intellectual level, it means I understand God. If I know God on an intellectual level, it means that I understand everything that he's doing in my life, which is, straight away means that God can only do what I can comprehend. Does that make sense? If I can understand it, it means that it obviously is something small enough that my brain can deal with it. I don't want to know God like that. I want to know God on a spiritual basis. I want to have so much trust and faith in him that when God tells me he can do something this big, I believe him. And that's where our faith needs to be. All right, so God requires us to trust him and have faith in him. Hebrews 11.6 says this, But without faith it is impossible to please him. For he who comes to God must believe that he is, and that he is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. For he who comes to God must believe that he is. Just that he is. He is what? Just that he is. We all have to just have trust and belief that God is who God says he is. Okay, so we've covered some ground tonight. We've been talking, obviously, about uh, our praying about performance. We've been talking about praying you know, through our perception of things. We've been talking about our perspective on those people that are around us and those situations that we're in. And I'll be honest with you, you know, when we actually sit down and we're planning out the series and everything else, when we look at a four- or five-week series, sometimes four- or five-week series is enough. To be honest with you, when it comes to the topic of prayer, we could have probably done it for three months. There's so much information everything that's in there. But hopefully, prayerfully, that you've actually got something from this series. I know I have. And as I said, even if it's just one small thing which affects your prayer life, an improved prayer life today is going to change your whole life for the rest of your life. Amen? Amen? Okay, all right. So, we've covered a lot of ground, as I said, over the last four weeks about prayer. And I pray that you've actually got something from it. If there are any questions at all about praying, if you caught up the series halfway, you've only joined the church halfway through the series, we have all of those uh, previous messages. We have them on CDs and are also available online on our website, hflc.us. And the podcasts of all of the previous sermons uh, are actually on there as well. So you can actually listen to those at your heart's content. And I would highly recommend that you actually get onto the website and check out all the fantastic things that are going on in the church right now. So just before I close the service, as we always do, what I want to do is to extend to you an invitation. And that invitation is if you don't know Jesus Christ, if you don't know him as your Lord and Savior, if you're wondering what all of this prayer thing is talk, we're talking about is, if you're wondering who God is because you've never had a relationship with him, then I want to extend to you an invitation this evening to, to get to know him, to start that relationship with the Lord, to accept him as your Lord and Savior. And I promise you it's the most important decision of your life. It's an eternal decision as we spoke about earlier on so if there is anybody here right now who hasn't had a relationship with the Lord or wants to return to the Lord having strayed away from him I just ask you to raise your hand right now if you would right where you're sat lift your hand that's awesome is that one hand or two that's two hands that's phenomenal come on everybody let's give them a round of applause that's fantastic that's awesome everybody stand to your feet if you would do it's fantastic you want to come forward for us
It's not to embarrass you or to highlight you or anything like that. Let's give them a little round of applause. Let's give some praise to the Lord right here, right now. We've got some people going to come forward and they're going to pray with you. They're going to give, the, give you some prayer. And what we're going to do is, as a, as a church family, what we're going to do is we're going to pray. Uh, so if everyone could do, if you would just repeat these, these words after me, we're going to pray for this wonderful couple here right now. Okay, let's pray. Dear, dear Lord Jesus, we accept you, Lord, as our Lord and our Saviour. We ask you, God, for, our, for your forgiveness for all of our sins, Lord. And we just accept you into our hearts right now. We welcome you into our lives. And we promise you, Lord, from this day forward, that we will have relationship with you, that we will serve you, Lord, and that we will love you. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. That's awesome. Amen and amen. That's fantastic. Now, we've got some information and some uh, booklets and things for you to take away with you. If you want to take them through there and actually hand that over to them, it would be fantastic. All right, let's just close in prayer. Dear Heavenly Father, Lord God, we just love you. We just thank you so much for all it is that you do in this place, Lord God. We just thank you for the, the hand that you have on our lives, Father God. And I pray that each and every person here would have taken something from this series this last month, Lord, that their relationship, that their prayer relationship with you would have grown and you, they would become closer to you right now, Lord God. We thank you for your involvement with our lives. We thank you for your love, for your grace, and for your mercy. We thank you for your forgiveness, and we thank you that you are our Lord God. In Jesus' name, and everybody said, amen and amen. Hey, guys, we love you. So thankful that you were here this evening. Looking forward to seeing you on Sunday. We're going to have a great day in the house there. We would like to thank you for listening to this message today. We pray that your life has been challenged by what you've heard, but we also know it will be changed as you put God's Word into effect. At Heartseas Family Life Church, our doors are always open to help. If you need any more information or just a friend to listen, we are here. Call us at 225-274-1607 or email us at pastorp at hflc.us. Remember, put God first in your life and everything you do will prosper. We look forward to seeing you soon. God bless.